Hey, this is Sean Jensen, the lead pastor here at Vail Church, and I'm so excited you chose to check out this message. My prayer is that this message wouldn't just be full of information, but that the Holy Spirit would produce transformation in your life. So wherever and however you're listening today, lean in and enjoy the message. Hey, good morning, Vail. How you doing this morning? Everyone doing good? 11 o'clock? Had your coffee. Way to go. My name is Sean Jensen. I'm the lead pastor here. It's just a huge honor to be able to serve you today. Before we continue on, we do want to welcome people who are online. Can you help us welcome everyone joining us online? Wisconsin, Arkansas, Georgia, Indiana, Missouri. We see you from all over. We're glad that you're joining us today. Listen, we're going to jump into a new series here in a moment. But before we do, we've been kind of telling people in the 9 and 11, it's been kind of unique. Uh, Last night, we see more people going to the Saturday at 4. And here's why. Uh, We've been realizing that we're pulling out seats in the 9, and sometimes we're pulling out seats in the 11. And so we're asking some people if you could consider possibly maybe taking a step to the 4 o'clock on Saturday. If you're able, we can make more room as people are coming in so they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, this is your first time. We're not asking you to do that. Or maybe you're going, you have a Saturday? Hey, there you go. You can join us on Saturday. And if you do that, we will make some room. And so we're just kind of working together as we're growing here at Vail. So thank you so much. But today we are starting a brand new message series. And so what we do here at Vail is sometimes we take three weeks, four weeks or longer to talk about a topic or a series. And today we're going to start a brand new one for the next four weeks. And at the end of the year, one thing I really like to do as a pastor, uh, this church now is I like to ask God for a word. Uh, For me specifically, for our staff and for our church, I really believe like a word that we can rally around, a word that we can focus on. And so I begin to ask God what that word might look like for us in 2024 and how we can start now. And so as I begin to pray, I feel like God begin to drop a word in my heart over and over and over. And that word is beyond. Uh, I really do believe that God is asking us to center around this word beyond because I think he wants to take us places in our life that we've never been before. And I don't just mean that collectively as a church, even though that's important, but I think that individually, maybe in your marriage, maybe if you're a student, maybe if it's your relationship or your boldness or courage or whatever it looks like with your walk with Christ, I believe God wants us to go beyond the place that we are currently at. And I think he wants to do that for us. And by the way, God is able to do that. It's part of his resume. Like when Paul wrote half the New Testament, he encouraged the church in Ephesus with this. He said, now to him, that's God he's talking about, who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Uh, I don't know if you're following Jesus right now, or maybe you just started following Jesus, or maybe you're not walking with Jesus and you're joining church for the first time. I can tell you this. God doesn't just want to take us to places beyond the place we currently are, but he is also able to take us places to where we want to be as well. See, a lot of times we have to convince people that our God is actually able to do things that we're believing and dreaming. And as a church, I want to lead a church where we dream so big that we have to rely on God's power to get us there. That's what I want to believe for us collectively and individually. And so we're going to talk about four tools. I believe this wholeheartedly, honestly. These four next things we're going to talk about today and the next three weeks, if we continue to lean into, I believe not only will God begin to take you beyond in 2023, the rest of the time we have, but we'll see us in places we never thought we would be in 2024. And I honestly believe that. And today, we're going to start with one of those tools, and here's the most important thing, I really believe, is that we first need to go beyond in our relationship with God. 
I don't know what that relationship looks like. I don't know how you need to DTR, like to find that relationship. But I know that wherever you are, today will encourage you on what that looks like and why it's important to go beyond in our walk with Christ. My girls know at home, I got three daughters. They know that if me and my relationship with God is healthy, that means me and my relationship with their mom is healthy. And if me and my relationship with their mom is healthy, that means our family dynamic is healthy. And I believe if that is healthy, guess where it pours? Into the church. And I think the first and foremost thing we need to talk about is where we are with our relationship with God. And he wants to take us beyond in that area. So before we jump in and talk about the barriers that might be in the way, let's ask God to help us in this moment. So Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the celebration of baptism today. We thank you for what you're doing this weekend. Lord, I am humbled as the new lead pastor here to see just the life change that is happening, the foundation that was set years ago, and what you're doing at this church. Thank you for faithful, generous, smiling. That's a great thing, that they smile when you preach, Lord. I'm so grateful for what you're doing. I pray you open our hearts to receive from you. And anyone here who's here for the first time, uh, maybe they're a skeptic like I've been. Maybe they're a doubter like I have been. I pray, Lord, that you would just reveal yourself to them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, so as you get to know me a little bit more, I'm a little bit of a nerd, uh, a geek, especially when it comes to, someone laughed way too loud, like we already know, bro, like it's okay. Uh, but what, people asked me, well, Friday night I was hanging out with a bunch of guys and they asked, hey, what's your favorite movie? I'm like, well, of course, it's the only flawless movie out there. It's The Return of the King from Lord of the Rings, like the third one. And they're like, that doesn't count. I'm like, it's gotta count, right? And so my second choice was Interstellar. Now, if you're like, I don't even know what's going on. Imagine Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, all right, traveling to space. Interstellar, y'all. It's awesome. Uh, there's wormholes, and there is a huge twist, and it is one of the best, I believe, space movies out there. I don't know what it is, but I have been so intrigued by space since a young child. Like the, the expanse of, our, of the galaxies and how the cosmos are out there and how just past the atmosphere, it just keeps going. I am obsessed with space. It's so vast and it's so big. But how many people know before we got to travel into space, it started way before then. See, these two guys that my wife, who's from North Carolina, by the way, reminds me of all the time because she's, they're from North Carolina. She also reminds me that Pepsi was made in North Carolina, and I remind her Coke is better. And so the truth is, is the Wright brothers. The Wright brothers actually invented the first airplane when they flew it in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. They flew it just a few seconds off of a hill, and so that was kind of encouraging. I mean, sometimes we can jump as long, but they're like, woo, flight, like we did it. And in this process, they decided that they wanted to keep inventing to go beyond. And so they thought, how could we go beyond? And so they created this motor on top of the plane. It's a four-cylinder, 12-horsepower engine. Now, for you in here, it's like, I have no idea what that means. The average riding lawnmower has 14 horsepower. <laughs> Guys, don't get any crazy ideas this week, all right? Like, oh, okay. Just for, to give you an idea, that's a little engine. They're like, let's figure this out. And that's how they begin to fly this plane, which is so crazy that now we are sending to rockets to Mars. We are sending space shuttles through the atmosphere. And in order to get a space shuttle to the atmosphere, it takes 40 million horsepower. That's equivalent to 400,000 subcompact cars. And you're probably wondering, like, Sean, it is too early for this math equation. Like, what are we doing here right now? The goal is this, is that in order for us to go further, we need more power. We can't go further if we don't have more power. See, the distance they traveled all depended on the engine they had. 
And I believe that we're not just going places that we can get in 2024. I'm dreaming that we go places that only God can take us in 2024. And if he's gonna take us there, well, we need a power that's outside of ourselves. I, I honestly believe that we need a fuel. Uh, we need fuel for where our marriages are going here in the next few months. We need fuel if God's going to change some addictions that are in our life. We're going to need fuel if we're going to step into everything God has for us. We need a power that's at work like never before. I want to be a church where we believe so strongly that God's going to take us in places that are beyond where we currently are. But in order to get there, we need some sort of power. And that's why Paul in Ephesians 3.20 reminds them about the power that we have working within us. Our God can do beyond, abundantly, all we ask or think according to the power that's working within us. And so he introduces us to this power because if we're going to do things abundantly beyond, we need the power in order for us to get there. It's God working in us. And so this word power is actually from the word dunamis. It's a Greek word. Now, when you look at this word dunamis, you might think I'm mispronouncing the Greek wrong, but do you see the similarity of another English word possibly in this word? Dynamite, right? Dynamite comes from this word, and this word means an explosive power, a power that's very contained in one place, but it is supernaturally uh, proceeds in people's life. And so Paul is not just using a little power. He's using a word that expresses a strong power in the believer. He's actually introducing us to the third person of God, which is the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're new to church and maybe you don't understand the lingo, listen, you don't have to talk church talk to fit here at Vail. We're going to do our best to encourage you and teach you along the way. And so if you want to know more about the Trinity, that is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's all God, three functions. One God, he functions in three different ways. So you got God the Father who created the heavens and the earth. He created us in his image. Man sinned against God. And so there was a separation, and so he sent his son Jesus, who was God with skin and bone, who walked among us. Mary gave birth to Jesus. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for our sins. Three days later, he rose from the grave. He ascended to heaven, and he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit that we see in Acts they receive, and the Spirit is God. And when it's in a believer's life, it transforms us. It gives us power. It helps us look like Jesus, talk like Jesus. It helps us let go of worldly things so we can grab onto godly things. We need the Holy Spirit in our life. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. His followers need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the power that Paul is introducing us to. It's the Spirit of God. So you're like, Sean, how powerful is the Spirit? Well, Paul tells the churches in Rome just how powerful it is. He goes, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit I just introduced you to, raised Jesus from the dead, and he lives in you. He's like, this Holy Spirit raised a man who was dead for three days back to life. There is not enough rocket fuel in the world that can raise a man who's been dead for three days back to life, but the Holy Spirit can. The Holy Spirit can do it. And there's some things that we might face and some things we might go through and some prayers that we are praying that enough rocket fuel in the world can't take care of, but the Holy Spirit can. If the Holy Spirit can take Jesus beyond the grave, the Holy Spirit can take us beyond next and what God has for us. And we got to believe that in our core. And here's why. Because we are limited people who serve an unlimited God. Have you noticed this, by the way? We get tired at night. 
Some of us, some of you are crazy, right? Like we get tired, we're exhausted. You work, you work hard, you start feeling it in your body. I'm 35, I know some of you are like, Sean, that's still young. But let me tell you, I get tired a lot quicker at the gym than I did when I was 25. I'm feeling it a lot quicker. I gotta change some things up, right? Like I gotta go less sometimes because I'm like, I gotta recover for three days. Like why does it take three days to recover from basketball? I used to not even stretch when I was in junior high, right? Because we realize that even though we live in this earth and we have a power in us, we are limited beings. And that can be discouraging sometimes because we might come up against some things that feel like we can't accomplish it. But I got good news for you. Where we are limited, God is unlimited. When we are weak, God is strong. When we are sleeping, guess who's still working? God is still working. While we are tired, he's still moving. When we want to get up, he's still pushing through. When we want to run away, he's still pursuing. Why? Because where we are limited, God is unlimited. And he put that spirit in us. So here's why I introduce you to that today. Because what we're going to do is I want to encourage you why it's important to have a relationship with God in the form of the Holy Spirit who lives in a believer. If you're here and you're not a follower of Christ and you're leaning in, we're glad that you're here. But we believe that when we make a decision to follow Jesus, he says to ask the gift of the Holy Spirit. When we choose to put our trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes into our life and makes us a new person. Do we still have hangups and not perfect? Yes, but he begins to transform us. And you can actually accept that today before you leave. You can choose to follow Jesus and invite this in your life. So while Jesus was walking earth, he's actually preparing his disciples for the Holy Spirit. He's actually introducing them how they're gonna need to have a relationship with them. Because at this moment, they've been walking with Jesus for three years. So Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit. They're walking with Jesus They've encountered that Holy Spirit, but now he gives them some troubling news. He says, I'm leaving. I'm going away. And even though that's sad, Jesus was actually excited about this news. And I'll show you why. Because he says, in fact, it's best for you that I go. I want to look at that real quick. It's best. It was upside down. Best for you that I go away. All right. Jesus looks at him and goes, I know you're sad. I know that this news isn't helpful. But sometimes Jesus has to break hard news to us so we can have what's best. And what does he say? It's best that I'm leaving. I'm gonna die, I'm gonna rise again, and I'm going to leave. And he goes, and this is for your good. Why? Because I've been walking alongside of you. But when I go to my father, I'm gonna give you an advocate, which is the Holy Spirit, and he's going to dwell inside of you. Which means Jesus is now living on the inside. He's at every board meeting. He's at the interview. He's helping you when you're trying to raise those kids who are unruly. He's helping you when you're teaching kids in your classroom. He's helping you when you're in this room, man. He's helping this pastor trying to figure out what this transition even looks like. Praise God for the Holy Spirit. When we have the Holy Spirit in our life, he goes, he will come. So I left, why? So you could have something better. So we should not be weirded out by the Holy Spirit when we've heard why. We should invite him in because Jesus tells us it's best for you. If I do go away, I'll send him to you. And when he comes, he'll convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. 
It goes on to say this, there is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. I'm like, hold on, Jesus, you're leaving. You need to tell us now, right? Like, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said, the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So he says, I'm going to send you the spirit who's been working with me, and he's going to lead you, and he's going to be with you. So I'm going to give you three quick things that are how the Holy Spirit takes us beyond. And I, I hope that you'll grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit because I've seen him take my life in areas that are beyond and he can do the same for you. And here's three ways. There's so many things we could talk about when it comes to the Holy Spirit. But I'm gonna try to precisely give you these three things on how he can lead you into beyond. Here it goes. The first thing is he guides us. He guides us. Now, this is super important to understand when it comes to this, that he understands where he's going and what's going to look like. If we want to go beyond, we're, we're going to need to have a God who leads us into those places. That's why when he introduces us to the advocate, which is the word parakletos, which means this, helper. He just calls the Holy Spirit a helper. He's here to help. The Holy Spirit is not here to condemn. He's here to help, to walk alongside of you. And he does it by guiding us. John 16, Jesus reminds us, he says, when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth. So first off, he will guide you in truth, and truth sets you free. In a world full of lies, I'm grateful for a Holy Spirit who reveals truth. I need the truth. I need to know where I'm going and what that looks like, but it continues on. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. I love that, because there's some people out there who tell me, the Holy Spirit really told me. I'm like, but is it in here? Because the Holy Spirit won't tell you something that contradicts what's in here, because I'm telling him, I'm the word, and I'm telling him. He goes on to tell him this. He will tell you about the future. Are you seeing this? We don't got to go anywhere else for someone to read our future. We don't have to go opening up doors to try and figure out what's going to happen in my, my future. Does God tell us everything? No, but he knows our future. See, there's three attributes about God that people may not understand. First off, he's omniscient, which means he's all-knowing. Have you realized that nothing has ever occurred to God? Like he's never gone one day, oh, you know what? I just thought about something. Never, because he knows everything. He's omnipotent, which means he's all-powerful, and he's also, uh, he's also present. Um, he's omnipresent, which means he is everywhere all at once, which means he was in our past, he is in our future, and he's in this moment right now, all at once. If you're telling me that God's already in 2024, then you know what? I think that he would be a pretty good tour guide for me. If you're telling me that God's already living in my future and he has good things for me and he loves me, maybe I should trust that he wants to guide me into these places. Let me say it this way. Imagine we all get on a plane today, Bloomington BMI. There's not a big enough airplane for all of us to get in. But imagine us going to the Amazon jungle. We're all gonna go on a trip to the Amazon jungle. Uh, and when we get there, we realize there's a tour guide waiting for us. Now, if you know nothing about the Amazon jungle, it's not a place you really wanna go on an adventure if you don't know anything, all right? Like, we're in Illinois. Like, we have deer and spiders like that's about it the amazon jungle has 
poison everything. Let's just get that out there. There's quicksand. We don't know what's in the water. There's things hanging from trees. They got pythons the size of like 15 feet that just want to drop down and strangle you to death. This is the Amazon jungle. And imagine we get there and we're going to go adventure in there. And there's a tour guide who's ready for us. He's lived in the Amazon jungle. He knows all the predators in the Amazon jungle. He knows the terrain and which way to go. He knows when storms break out and how to walk through them. He knows everything and how to protect us from danger. And he's about ready to give us a spiel on how we can be safe in this moment and what's going to happen. And the moment he begins to give us instruction, this guy, Chad, who's with us, who's never left his backyard, says, hold on, bro, I got this. Are you following Chad? Are you following the instructor? I'm not trying to insult your intelligence, but how many times do we do this with God? I'm Chad. I don't know about you. Let me introduce you to me. I'm Chad. God, I got this. I do this all the time. Lord, I know you're already in my future. I know you know the terrain of what it's going to look like. I know you know the storms I'm going to face in 2024. And you might even prepare me before you get there. I know you've already seen it all and you've been there. But you know what? Chad's got this. Now, if your name's Chad, I'm really not trying to come down on you, by the way. Like, (laughs) just the name I picked. But do you see what I'm saying? So many times we realize that actually God loves us and he cares for us. And he knows how to get us through the things that we're going to go through in 2024. Man, if we want to go beyond in 2024, let's trust the God who's already there. And let's walk with him. And we're not going to get it right every single time, but he's going to lead us in the places that we need to be. And it's not always enjoyable, but it's always going to be beneficial. The second thing he does is he convicts us. I know we don't like this word. We'd rather not talk about it. See, maybe when you hear the word convict, you were raised in church. And the first thing you think is condemnation. I did not say he condemns us. I said he convicts us. And maybe you have PTSD with the word convicts because maybe growing up you've heard it and it just makes you feel guilty and bad. And sometimes the Holy Spirit might expose some things in your life that make you feel sad. And here's why. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, he wants to convict us for a good reason. And Jesus mentions this when he says, I'm sending you to advocate. He goes, when he comes, that's the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. All right, so he says three things. It's gonna convict the world of its sin, God's righteousness, and the coming judgment. We'll get to this in a second, but first and foremost, we need to understand back here. When it says the coming judgment, we believe at the end of our life, we will be judged by God. And I'm going to get there in a second. And so when people say, only God can judge me, I'm like, you're right. And that should terrify you. (laughs) Unless we are in Christ, which I'm going to talk about in a second. This word convict, if you really want to break it down so it's demystified, it means convince. The Holy Spirit wants to convince you of something. And what he does, the work of the Holy Spirit This is why we can't change people's lives. Only the Holy Spirit can. We can love them and we can share the gospel, but only the Holy Spirit can convince them of their sin. He says, I'm gonna convince the world that they're sinners. That sounds pretty dark, but when I was 19 running for my life, I remember I was in Tulsa and I knew that the mess I was in was not because God put me in that mess. I had people who taught me the right way, who were trying to lead me the right way, and I'm grateful for them, but I did everything contrary. I did not let the Holy Spirit guide me. And I found myself in the mess. And so when I was in that place sitting in my mess, I realized I was sitting in the place I was at and a preacher got up on stage and for the first time, I heard it clearly when he said, listen, we need Jesus. And I was like, why do I need Jesus? Because our sin separates us from God. 
And he said, the wages of sin is death. And I realized it was my sin that was causing pain in my life. And the Holy Spirit convinced me of my sin. There is some stuff in my life that is robbing me from a fruitful relationship with God. So what does he do? He convinces us of God's righteousness. Jesus is righteous. God is righteous. And so here's the best part. Why does the Holy Spirit convince the world of sin? Because we will never know we need a savior until we realize we're sinners. We won't run to the solution until we realize there's a problem. And Jesus wants to be the solution in our life. So the Holy Spirit's work is to actually draw you to a place that's beyond our relationship with God, but he exposes a barrier that's robbing us and that's sin. And so... Conviction is a judicial term. It's lawyer talk. It means when someone's convinced or convicted of a crime, now they have to go through sentencing. So when you are convicted or we are convicted of a crime, now we have to be sentenced. And so it says that sentencing to sin, when we miss the mark, is actually death. And that's why Jesus came. Because Jesus, if you don't know, before he went to the cross, there was another guy named Barabbas that was there. And they actually released Barabbas, who was literally a criminal. So Jesus could hang on the cross. And in that moment, what he was saying was, even though Barabbas was convicted, Jesus was condemned. Do you see the similarity here? Even though we were convicted of our sin, Jesus was condemned because of our sin. And if we put our trust in Christ, he makes us righteous. He pays the penalty of sin and death. And the Holy Spirit doesn't just convince us of our sin. He convinces us that we have a savior who died a high price so we could walk on our salvation with Christ. That's the Holy Spirit's work. Why does this matter? Because the whole purpose of the Holy Spirit is to expose barriers that rob us from walking beyond with God. So if you're in Christ, he's going to keep convincing you of things that are robbing you from going beyond. Now you want to go beyond in marriage and find peace there? He might reveal a bad attitude that you have to give up. I know in my life when I read God's word, there's times, if I'm honest, it's hard to read it. Because when I'm reading, I realize, man, I'm convinced that there's something in my life that's preventing me from experiencing all that God has for me. Man, when we come to places like this, sometimes the Holy Spirit convinces us, man, I know God's got great things for me. He loves me, but there's this barrier standing in the way. Man, we have got to stop overlooking conviction. Honestly, it's not a negative thing. It's a great thing. God does not convict us to condemn us. He convicts us to save us. And so if you're here today and you were convicted this week, you should have stopped and celebrate because that means God is still working in your life. You know when we should be concerned? When we get numb to the conviction because that means we don't wanna change. But praise God, he convinces us of things that can rob us so we can step into places he has for us. And the last thing is he comforts us. So he's going to guide us into places that are beyond, but then he's going to convince us of some attitudes and some habits and some behaviors and some things that he exposes because he loves us. He says, I got better for you. And so we give those things to him, but then he comforts us. That's what Jesus says. Actually, the word advocate, if you look at other translations, it actually says the Holy Spirit, the comforter. He calls him the comforter. It's like an oversized hoodie. Does anyone like an oversized hoodie? Uh, my wife takes all mine, but we're like the same size, so it doesn't matter. Like, we're the same height, and so uh, we wear each other's, well, we don't wear, I said it again, we don't wear each other's clothes. I said we wear each other's clothes, but not all of them, right? Like, that's weird. Get that picture out of your mind right now. Take a moment. 
Why do I say that? Because he comforts us. And people go, this is, this is the part I love about Jesus. He comforts us. And we should. But the fact that he's telling the disciples that I'm sending you a comforter shows them they're going to walk through some uncomfortable times. Because why would we need to be comforted if we never get uncomfortable? Right? So he's like, hey, also, I'm sending a comforter. Like, that's awesome. And there's got one guy's like, oh, wait, wait a second. Remember context, I'm leaving you. You used to me. I'm sending you. The church is going to start. And then 10 of the disciples are literally going to be murdered for their faith. One of them, John, is going to be thrown in a vat of oil and then sent in exile into the desert. And Judas, well, he betrays God. I'm not saying that's what we want in our life, but what I'm saying is they live for something beyond just this life. They were convinced that this is not the final place, that there is something better beyond this life. And so he says, I'm giving you a comforter because it's not always gonna be easy. We're gonna get uncomfortable sometimes. And I believe God is going to call our church, Vail, and you individually to get uncomfortable. Why? Because in order for us to go beyond, it happens outside of our comfort zones. And so we're going to get uncomfortable, which means maybe, sir, if you're here today, maybe God's going to lead you to start praying with your family at night. And that makes you want to vomit in your mouth. And I'm not saying that crass. It makes you honestly uneasy because you can't imagine yourself praying out loud because it feels awkward. And God's saying, I want to lead you to that place. I know it's uncomfortable, but my spirit's going to be with you. And your kids need to see a man who's going to lead them in prayer. And it's going to go beyond just you. It's going to go into a legacy to your kids. And because you took a moment to get uncomfortable, I will comfort you and I will use you. He might call some of you to get uncomfortable. And I don't know, go to the Saturday at four (laughs) o'clock. I had to. It was like on the tee, y'all. Like... He might make you get uncomfortable, but in that process, hey, listen, I know it's all new, and there's like some new people, and that actually gives you social anxiety, and you might feel the same way as that dad, but I promise you, if you step into that place, I will comfort you. I will go with you. See, here's what I love about what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I'm going to send you into some difficult places, but I never intend on leaving you high and dry. I'll always be there. Some of the closest moments I've had with God is when I was the most uncomfortable. Can I be real from the stage? The last few months, I've experienced a closeness with God that I haven't experienced in a long time because this is anything but comfortable. It's stretching, and I think it's stretching on your end too. And so God has comforted this church, but he's leading us beyond. And so this is how he does it. He guides us, he convinces us, and and he comforts us. And so our job is to make sure that if the Holy Spirit's gonna do this in us, then we need to keep that relationship intact. How many people know that relationships can't survive without communication? If we want this power in our life, we gotta stay connected to the power. That's why Jesus told his disciples in John, he said, remain in me, and I'll remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus had a pretty bold thing. He's not saying you can accomplish great things on this earth. He's saying, are you gonna accomplish eternal things? Things of value, legacies, 
things that God's gonna use us to do. He says the only way to happen is not being apart from me, but you gotta stay connected to me. I like to call it MMA, so here's your Monday morning application. Here's how we can put this into place. And it's gonna sound so simple, because it is. And I have found out that sometimes we turn off the simple things. But can I be honest with you right now? When it comes to the church, there are so many people who are educated beyond their obedience. People say, Sean, I, I want to go deep. I want to go deeper. I'm like, listen, if you just did two things of the things you already know and just put them into practice, you'll experience deep. So these things I'm about to share with you, you might have already heard them, but maybe it's going to convince you that if we can stay attached to God in these three ways, that I believe we'll see a different 2024. It doesn't mean it's gonna be easy. It just means that it's gonna be beneficial. Three things real quick. First one, worship faithfully. It's not just a value we have here at our church. It's something that I believe that if we wanna stay connected with God, we gotta worship faithfully with our church. We don't just connect with God. We also connect with God by connecting with others. And it's powerful. As we get bigger, we get smaller. That's why we have groups. And so we worship faithfully. Now, if you're here, I wanna encourage you. Scripture tells us to not get in the habit of neglecting meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but instead encourage and motivate one another onto love and good works. Can I change your reference real fast? Man, the pastor's asked me to come. Listen, if you don't come on the weekend because you don't think it's beneficial to you, then maybe just maybe God's bringing you on the weekend because you're beneficial to someone else. So when you're not here, someone else is missing out on a blessing because you might be the blessing they need. We do it together. And so when we worship faithfully, it's just like the attendance at the gym. When we go consistently, our strength goes up. When we come consistently, our strength comes up at church. The second thing is we should read consistently. Maybe you don't read your word yet. That's, we're gonna call you to that. Maybe you're like, you know what, it's been a week. That's okay, get back into it. Or maybe you're like, man, this is one of the hardest things to do. It's sometimes tough, sometimes hard. Yeah, eating broccoli is too. <laughs> Unless you put lots of cheese on it. But when you read consistently, listen, this book is alive. It's powerful. This is the only book that when you read it, it reads you. It's a mirror. And it will change the dynamic of your life. There are people who don't even believe in Christ who literally look at the teachings of Jesus and apply them to their life and they're experiencing change. Shocker. But we know we live for Christ. Read consistently. We believe in this so much. We got a QR code right here. All you have to do is take your camera phone app. What it's gonna do is it's gonna take you to a link. I promise the government's not gonna track you. They're already doing that. But if you scan, <laughs> if you scan this QR code, what it's gonna do, it's gonna give you a link where you can make Veil Church your church on the YouVersion Bible app. If you don't have the YouVersion Bible app, it's a great app. You're like, I don't know how to read God's word. There are plans on there, two days, seven days, that gives you a devotional and helps you walk along. You can listen to it in the car. But if you scan this QR code, what we're gonna do after this service is we're gonna update a reading plan about the Bible that's seven days long to help you read consistently. And, and we just believe that it's gonna change your life. And so if you wanna scan that, you can do that. If you're on new version, go ahead and look up Veil Church. And the last thing is this, we're gonna surrender daily. We're gonna surrender daily. Which means we're not only gonna allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, we're actually going to surrender and say, Lord, not my will, your will be done. I wonder how different our lives would be if the first words we uttered in the morning was this, Lord, not my will, your will be done.
I read your word. I see what you're doing. And I wanna do this, but I'm gonna surrender to you daily and the leading of your Holy Spirit. You know what that is? It's called prayer. You know why we pray? Because we realize we can't do it in our own strength. We gotta surrender. Surrender is not defeat when it comes to your walk with Christ. It's actually victory. Ooh, that's a whole word right there. And if you're here today and you need to surrender to your life with Christ, I have good news for you. If you have not been following Jesus up to this point, he surrendered his life on the cross and paid the penalty that only he could pay, that we deserve, so you could find righteousness in him. You can surrender right now to that. Or maybe you need to re-surrender. You can do that today. Let's pray. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name for those in the room who might need to surrender to you right now, whatever that looks like. Maybe you're convicting them, maybe you're convincing them. I pray, Lord, right now that you would build faith in us. But for those in the room right now who don't know you, maybe they just realized like I did when I was 19, when I was 20 years old, you showed me that I was a sinner in desperate need of a savior. Lord, if that's someone in this room right now, I pray that they would see your goodness. Your kindness leads us to repentance, Father God. And so for anyone in here who needs to surrender their life to you, I pray, Lord, that they would do that boldly right now. If you're here and you want to give your life to Christ, you say, Sean, how does that even happen? You just got to believe in your heart he died for you and paid your penalty on the cross and rose from the grave and confess it with your mouth. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to help you confess that with your mouth through a prayer. And you can pray this right where you are between you and God. You can say, Father God, thank you for sending Jesus for my sin, for my mistake. I was separated from you and you pursued me, and I'm grateful. Forgive me today. I choose you, and I believe in you, and I need your Holy Spirit to make me like you and to follow you the rest of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for your kindness. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message challenged you, encouraged you, and most of all, brought you closer to a loving God who wants nothing but the best for you. If you have any questions about taking next steps in your faith journey, simply text NEXT to 309-777-0677. Everyone has a next step, and here at Vail, we would love to walk alongside you. If this message was impactful to you, we encourage you to share it. To stay connected to everything Vail Church, feel free to subscribe. Visit our website at vail.church and follow our socials on Instagram and Facebook. Lastly, for all of those who call Vail Church home, let's remember, worship faithfully, connect intentionally, give generously, and serve sacrificially. We'll see you next week.